1: Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Feel Good Friday. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and I'm so glad that you guys have decided to join us right here in the Black Media Matter studios for another episode of Feel Good Friday. Of course, we have a great show lined up for you. I mean, when I talk about some amazing guests in the building, you guys know we do not disappoint on Feel Good Friday. So we got John Tay. He's going to be talking about his acting career. And, you know, he's actually one of the actors that will be there on the stage at on Stage in Two Trains Right running. We heard about it last week, so we're going to dive into that with him. And then our brother, Anna Jones, DJ Topspin himself, man, he made an amazing feat and hit one of the largest stages in the nation at Carnegie Hall. Gotta check in with him and tap in and hear how that experience went, as well as all the other things he has going on. And we're going to round the show out with my brother and my sister, Black Stacks, Felicia Loud, and Jace will be joining us at the end of the show. So when I tell you, now is a good time to tag and share the stream. I mean it. Go ahead right now tag and share the stream with people that you feel could benefit from some feel good Friday energy right here on converge media. Of course uh, we want to tell you guys, if you guys can never really just like sit here and watch all of the amazing production we put in, you guys can also listen to all the shows on converge media, anywhere that you find podcasts, just search converge media network. So if you're in your car and you still want to hear what we have going on, you guys can check us out right there on any of your favorite podcasts podcast platforms. Um, we want to keep these messages alive because these funds are hitting our community. We'll start right here with for culture, 4Culture is doing an amazing project grant cycle right now where they are funding projects anywhere between arts, preservation, and heritage. If you or someone you know is doing an amazing project that's going to be hitting the streets and it goes into any one of those three categories, make sure you guys are signing up. Deadline is coming up next week, and we've been keeping this message alive and well for a long time. Shout out to 4Culture for a, a tremendous amount of lead time so necessary but we appreciate all that they're doing and their intentionality over there and then from deal we heard about this this amazing summer learning program Um, you guys right now they are doing requests for investment they are looking for you to share what you're doing for scholars during the summer months they are doing an amazing job of saying hey if you have a program that's dedicated to college prep or you know school readiness check this out there's several other categories where you guys can get your programs funded for students during the summer months. And this is an amazing feat because it's up to $75,000 y'all for programs that are running from June to August. So If you already had a program in the works, you guys, you can utilize this to maybe uh, boost any staff incomes that you guys are paying out. Or if you guys want some instructional instructional teachers to come in and do some extra work, you guys can also uh, make sure that they get advantage of this amazing funding opportunity. Shout out to Deal for that. Well, you guys, I am really excited because this week we got to celebrate my girl, jules and rodney being released so i just have this amazing clip from jules because as we were celebrating jules had something to say about it on Clapback last night man shout out to both of them wow oh what an amazing start to today
2: leah i think you got some new guests for your next installment of uh black love
0: hey hey Hey. you
3: guys
0: guys going on black love is that is that official
3: Listen, I text them. I I think I said it in our group chat. And I was like, when's the next installment of Black Love? Not knowing that Rodney would be released, you guys, because it was just as much as a surprise it was to me as it is to you guys. But I am just so happy. We are absolutely going to do the next episode of Black Love with Trey Holiday. Um, It's already in the works. We're already in discussions about it. Rodney is on board. But you guys, I am just so grateful and so happy. You have no idea. Um, It's such a blessing. When I tell you that I have been intentional, praying fast and believing, doing the work, I'm seeing some of y'all online that have been waymakers and helping me read through different legal documents. You know who you are, I won't say your name, but I am just so grateful uh, to be standing in this moment but, hey, I know you downstairs <laughs> and be able to see this black man walk around the house. Okay. So I am, my heart is full. Like it is just so full. Like you guys have no idea um, what this has been. And I just appreciate all the love that we received today, all your prayers, all your, you know, your blessings, your warmth, your positive energy that you guys have been sending my way. You guys, I feel like Rodney has been like a third leg on the show. Cause I bring them up all the time. Ha <laughs>
1: Absolutely. This is why so many of us get to celebrate with you, Jules, because we know this story of you and Rodney and your love. And I can't wait to be able to showcase it in depth on Black Love when we met, when we relaunched that show. I'm I'm just telling you guys uh, the stories that I've been hearing out here in community because of the launch of that show has been so inspirational. There's so many amazing couples doing great things and really, you know, telling the test of time you know, let's go ahead and make sure we're dispelling that myth of the broken black family and home. We got a lot of amazing couples right here in the Pacific Northwest and clearly with Jules and Rodney all the way over there in D.C., uh, our reach is far and wide. Jules, we're again so happy for you and Rodney and I love her smile throughout that entire segment right there. She's just like, look, to see this black man walking around the house. Look, I am in celebration mode with you, sis, again congratulations and I can't wait to dive into your story on black love when we met when we relaunch um you guys i you know I, I want to make sure that we talk about something real quick because we've been talking about here for uswah org uh, Simon so is putting the link there in the comments but this website right here really is intentional about having information out there that's culturally responsive around COVID. Now, some people that we know have been catching COVID and, I, I, you know, people are like, well, it's not maybe as bad as some of the original strains of COVID, some original variants that came out. But the thing is, is that it's still alive and well. Um, you know, I was at the H-E-R, HER concert last night and we saw that there was a lot of people still wearing their masks. I mean, hey, at this point, some venues are saying it's up to you and your comfort level. But I will say that it's important that we find ways to constantly protect ourselves and those around us. So Don't forget to check out that site hereforuswa.org from the Department of Health doing culturally responsive communication around all things COVID. Well, of course, I am telling you, I'm so excited to dive into these discussions today. Up next, after this short break, we got my brother in the building, Jonte Osler. We're going to be talking to him about all things two trains running and all things Jonte. Stay tuned after this short break. You guys you are watching Feel Good Friday.
4: When COVID first hit, I was very afraid. There was so much things that I had to keep inside because I didn't know where to place my feelings. Most of my information for COVID is from my own research. I'm a doctor in educational leadership. And when the FDA approved Pfizer, it helped me realize that the vaccination is healthy. We don't want to be left behind because we're not taking the vaccine, but we want to get as much information as possible so that we are putting ourselves in better hands and not at great risk.
1: Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Baker. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. Welcome back, everybody, to Feel Good Friday. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and joining me right now on the set right here in the Black Media Matter studios is my brother, Jonte Osler. What's up, Jonte?
4: What's up, Trey? How you doing?
1: Hey, I am well, my friend. And let me tell you guys, you guys don't know this, but Jonte and I grew up together. So I love that you are here today. We've been talking about you coming on and really, you know, all the work that you've done. Let's let's talk about what made you say, you know what, I'm going to pursue acting. I'm going to take it to another level and I'm going to really bet on myself. Tell us a little bit about that background story.
4: Definitely. Wow. I wasn't even ready for that story. It gets kind of deep. But first of all, I'd like to say it's an honor to be here. I don't know how good Trey was, man. You see her, man, she's firing on all cylinders, great hosts. And I'm in the building with some other legends from the town. So, uh, man, it's, I'm really honored to be sharing this space with some greats from the town. Uh, what, what really got me acting was, you know, um, I come from, like she said, we grew up, come from the inner city, and I always took chances. I took chances out there on the concrete with some of my other beloved people, other beloved brothers from the hood. And my uh my stepfather Anthony, Anthony Tibbs, he uh he suggested that I go act. He said, Man, you you're gonna look you're gonna look really good on stage. I think you got a talent, um, you got a mouthpiece already. You've been taking all these chances and you got so much charisma. I want, I wanna see you use it, I wanna see you channel that. So I think having uh, a stepfather like Anthony redirect my my energy, that live energy that was already God given, having redirect that energy, I think, is what got me acting.
1: You know, I got to say shout out to Tibbs, man. That's my big bro. Right. And and working with him. Um, in some of the ways I've been able to has been so inspiring. So I can only imagine, uh, you know, him saying, you know, you should try this out. What are some of the first things that you did? Because I know that every actor um, has their own story, right? And, right, right. you know, what are, what are some of the first things that made you be like, you know what, let me test the waters out here. Because, you know, folks are like, what do I do? Do I do classes? Do I just get in the community theater? Like, what were some of the first things that, you know, where, where you were like, man, these are concrete steps I'm taking towards this acting career?
4: Wow, good question. So Anthony recommended that I become an actor. And so when he did that, he told me to go act at a school at Seattle Central Community College. It just so happened that one of the best teachers probably in the nation was teaching drama at Seattle Central Community College. Her name is Dr. Tanya pettifer waits Affectionately, we call it Dr. T. But uh, it just so happened she was my teacher. She uh man, she took me under her wing wow she 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 became more than a teacher. She was like a second mom, like she is with a lot of other artists, so I got a I, I probably got a lot of other spiritual brothers and sisters out there who share the same uh spiritual mother, Dr. T.:
1: I love it. You know what? I think so much of it for for me when I talk about what got me started, um and I, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to get emotional, but she's right here in the building. She's the one that got me started. Felicia Loud, right here, uh, saw her in Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. And I, I, I think now I've told this story so many times. It's just a part of my, you know, I, I, th- I love comics. And so they're always like, well, what's your origin story? If you were, you know, a Marvel comic. And I'm like, man, I was sitting there just staring at, at this amazing star. And I remember being so struck by the, the urgent need to like, Figure out what theater was all about, and how could I, you know, do it on stage in front of the camera? How could I then start doing things behind the camera? So it's been such a blend for me over the years. But you know, I, I love it because last week we had Isaiah right here, and Michelle was in the building, even though she wasn't on camera. They were both right here talking about acts on stage and this play coming up, Two Trains Running. How did you say? How did you get involved in this show that's coming up?
4: So Two Trains Running. Uh First of all is from written by uh who's my guy, August Wilson, yes, I believe one of the best playwrights of all time. and it's been a, It's been a long time coming for me to be able to work with Isaiah Anderson and Michelle Lang when I found that they had a new theater and they had a play and they were auditioning for it. Oh, and it was no question. I, I'm like, man, this is my time. You know, it uh, better late than never to, to be working with him. I should have done a play with him a long time ago. But um, yeah, you know, I, Isaiah and Michelle is a legend. So it was no question when they was doing a play. I was in, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, there you go. You put your name in the hat. You said, I need to audition. I need to make sure they see my talent. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, I think it's so great because honestly, you know, uh efforts like this, where we have opportunities within our community to allow stars to shine is so key. And, you know, one of the things that Isaiah said in his interview that really struck me was when he was talking about how important it was for him to really open up that opportunity for folks like yourself and the fact that. That you're in a cast of some folks that have never even stepped foot on a stage before. So like the ideas of we're all needed when it comes to theater is something that is a driving factor for me. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, there's a part to play, right? And Definitely. oftentimes there's these ways that you can embody these characters. That for me has always been like my favorite thing about mm-hmm. theater. When you think about this show and maybe other shows that you've done, what are some of the things that really stand out to you in terms of that kind of driving factor for me it was always characterization right it was the fact that i get to embody whatever this character is supposed to be and how the audience is going to resonate with that character what are some of the things that really stand out to you now that you've maybe gotten some of the things under your belt you you started obviously dr t amazing feat. uh what was it for you that's like man i'm really feeling this because you not only got guided by tibbs but then you had to take it on yourself
4: yeah definitely so um as a as it relates to the play I think that uh the point that you made about the different levels of experience I've been in a production like that before I when I was just start when I was just starting out acting I was in a, a play with the great Bill Hall and um just to be where I was an actor at that time the level that I was on to be able to work with uh somebody with so much experience I mean that's like being on set with Samuel L. Jackson or something. I mean, he's he's one of the guys. He's been all the way from Broadway and back down here to Broadway in New York, back down to Broadway in Seattle. So um I, I think that it's a beautiful thing to be able to work with actors on all type of on all type of levels. Um uh, What was the what was the rest of that? Well,
1: no. Well, so then that driving factor for you, Uh because, you know, not only did you get inspired by your stepfather, Tibbs, but then also you had to, like, take it on and do something, too. But there's always something that drives us to do the next audition, the next play, the next opportunity.
4: Got you. So um, I I think stage and theater, that's that's my roots. That's my that's my background. And I got a couple of movies that we're shooting uh, later this court or. The next quarter, the middle, the second quarter, we're in the second quarter, the third quarter of 2022. And uh, it was important to me to step back to my roots, kind of re myself. And like I said, acting with Isaiah and doing two trains running, the August Wilson play. I, I mean, I had to take this opportunity, had to. And what the play represents, I mean, it's it's relevant right now. The setting is in the 60s and they're talking about gentrification they're talking about um there's there's issues of uh social issues of being a displaced african and those effects and how uh how we as displaced people are trying to function in a dysfunctional society so um yeah i i i think it's really a blessing to be able to uh be a spiritual guide in a sense and act out on the stage what a lot of us go through on a day-to-day basis or if not us, someone we know.
1: Yeah no you're you're absolutely right about that. I think the message hits home. Um and it's a perfect time to do it because we are seeing gentrification sweep through our city in Seattle, sweep through our county in King County, sweep through the state in Washington state. I'm hearing about this even out there in Spokane. Um we're seeing it all over the place. Um and so the the idea is that this message of the play is really alive and well right now is real. Um so I appreciate you saying that and really tying it to what people are experiencing today. Um, Uh, But one of the things I also love about theater, right? I mean, there's something special about theater. It's a little bit different with movies because sometimes, you know, your scene, you know, the scenes that you're in are filmed outside of everybody from the cast being a part of it. But when you're on um, the stage, you know, everybody is showing up at these rehearsals. You're getting to build relationships with your cast members. And it really becomes its own kind of family. I think for me, every play that I was in kind of had that kind of essence to it right? Where it was like, man, I'm building relationship. Like, let me make sure I'm following you and what you're doing, how I can support you. How has it been for you on two trains running to kind of, uh, maybe build, create, or establish even deeper relationships with some of your cast members? I
4: mean, you, you kind of hit, you kind of hit it right there with what you said. This, each cast becomes like another family or a sub family. And, uh, I had a couple family members on the cast, on set <laughs> with me already. So, uh, man, it's it's. But working with the entire cast has become like a new family. Like they'll be family for life. Like every time I see them after this, yeah. it's like we we shared that special, that special thing, that bond, that stage bonded us together. So definitely.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, we have the the flyer here. While we put it up, make sure that you can uh, let folks know how they can come and support you and what you're doing. I can't wait to see the show. Uh, Tell us how we come and support Two Trains Running with Axe on Stage.
4: You mind if I pull out my phone? I I know I should have had this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no problem. It's all good. There it is. We got the Um, flyer up.
4: All right. So we have our.show forward slash the number Two Trains Running.
1: Yeah, that's where they got to go to get the tickets. That's
4: where they go to get the tickets.
1: And uh, the, the flyer right there, it starts May 21st through the, the 24th. It, it looks like April. it's two week April 21st. Sorry. Yep. It looks like it's two weekends, right? Yep. And they told yes. us it's going to be two weekends. So we have a couple of different opportunities to come and see you do your thing, Jonte. Uh, I'm so glad that you were able to take some time out of your busy schedule to join us this morning and Definitely. share a little bit more about you. I think it's so important that people, it, it's beyond just going to support a play, it's also so supporting our local uh, actors. It's supporting our local uh, theater right here in Seattle and, and beyond. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thank you so much again for joining me on Feel Good Friday.
4: No doubt. Thank you for having me, Miss Trey.
1: Absolutely. You guys, I'm telling y'all, inspiration already stirring right here up in the building. And it is definitely going to continue with my big bro, Anna Jones DJ. Top Spin is in the building. We're going to be talking about all the amazing things he has going on. I can't wait to dive in with him. Stay tuned after this short break. You're watching Feel Good Friday.
0: When the pandemic hit, it did affect me. As a barber, I had my own personal reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. At the time, I didn't check the actual source. I thought the vaccine was developed too fast, but I was talking to a doctor and he was telling me more about the vaccine and what it could do to protect us and our family. I wanted to get back to that once was, right? I do feel safe knowing that I am vaccinated. I just hope what I'm saying is reaching into people's heads to know that this is the best decision for
5: all of us.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Feel Good Friday. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now is my guy, one of my favorite DJs of all time. DJ Spin, a.k.a. Blendy Anna Jones is in the building. What's up, Top? How you doing, sis? Hey, I'm good. You know what? This is our first time actually me getting to interview you in the Black Media Matter Studios. This
2: is very true. We've, I, we've I, connected a couple different times <laughs> over the span of this show and in various ways. And uh, uh, I'm always glad to be here. And and be in your presence, man. I watch I watch the show all the time, and I every I just get proud of all y'all every time. I'm like, these guys have been doing it, man. These year, these couple of years have been flying by too, man. Like this COVID was been a crazy blink. Long Absolutely. but short at the same time, but it's good to be here yes. Uh keeping it moving.
1: Yeah, you, you know what? You are so right about that, man. And it looks like you got the cream memo. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling it today. Y'all see top. Top is coming through today. Uh, but you know what? I, 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 I will say that, you know, I'm excited because you really represent something that is at the heart of what I know in terms of Seattle around us really being able to celebrate artistry. And that's really what this episode is about is our artistry man and the way that you dj is (laughs) Anna is the best name ever because you and your blends man i have said it to many people you take it to another level i want to hear more about the inspiration for that because it really is a unique way of approaching djing
2: um well uh i mean i've told kind of my history a bunch of times i was raised in a house um where tone was kind of drilled into my head uh accidentally. My brother is a professional tenor. Um, so he's an opera singer. So he'd be at the piano late at night, ding, 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 la, 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 till he gets perfect like tone, alignment with the piano. And that trained my ear to both notice when something is, you know, uh perfectly on and annoyingly off. Uh, and I just like to play around in that area where it's on. And I try to DJ in a way, um, I mean, I try to play in a way that makes you say I need it from the top. And that's kind of the marketing sort of spiel. But I really do try to play in a way like to transmit what I get excited about. Like, man, do you hear this combination? I want, I'm like, I try to play in a way like, do you hear why this is ill? Okay, now this, mix, this mixes with this. So I'll play with the frequencies. I'll take the low out of this and put the high in this. Then I might do the opposite, you know, if if two songs, you know, match up harmonically you can kind of do that but i really try to play in a way to make people realize what's happening or like you know just especially when you're dealing with with favorites you know song they know and a song you know i take a song you know and take another song you know and i melt it like butter i say that all the time but it's like there's power in that you know um kind of playing with people's brains and memory banks and memories and you know there's a there's an alchemy uh you know and a science you know to that approach and um i know that every dj doesn't have that approach and i just and i'm grateful for that <laughs> you know because there's times where i'll be out and i'll hear something blend or see hear a dj go from one song to the next song and i'm like man you didn't hear that i would have make the remix of that or i'll go home and cook up the remix and um you know just dwelling in the harmonic pool is where i i'm at and i just have fun you mm-hmm. know uh getting people to hear what I hear.
1: I, I got to tell you, uh, as somebody who, you know, um, has been in choirs, uh, in my youth, right. Uh, total experience gospel oh, yeah. choir with the Pat, Wright, right, right, right. Right. Uh, I didn't have a choice, but to do exactly what you're talking about, because if you were off Honey, she would make sure that, hey, you knew about it and that you learned from it. But you know what? I think that what you just described is exactly why your blends resonate so much with me, because you're doing something in terms of the musicality of it all. You really uh, that that kind of ear that you have to hear the tone. Is really taking it to another level, but this is why they are so good because (laughs) I'm telling you, you really are amazing at what you do, and you have made me kind of see DJing in another light because it's not just about playing one song or knowing how to go from one song to another, it's about this kind of musicality in songwriting and in the way that music is put together. I just appreciate what you just described.
2: (laughs) I appreciate the appreciation. I mean, um. You know, I, uh, yeah, musicality is is something that people don't even really know that they have it in them. You know, like I'm saying, like when you're playing with favorites, you know, um, or if you're doing something with the song, you know, I try to keep it as close to the original speed as possible. Because, you know, someone can tell if something is like chipmunked mm-hmm. and there's lots of DJs that will just mix for arbitrary reasons. And there's really more magic in finding these pairings like as close to zero as they are like without affecting them too much because like i said if even if you're not a music person you know like the, your dna and your just your brain knows when something is you know something how you're used to hearing it you know if it's too affected then it's like man what's that dj doing so if you can find my my approach is is finding that naturally and like i said this was born out of you know when you had to do it with real records you know now you can you know, deal with mp3s and there's all kind of software that you can maintain like the original note and or or super chipmunk stuff you know but I, like my approach is still based in like you know my record days you know the ktop mixtape days you know where you know just kind of hip-hop and r&b sort of marry each other uh you know, musically, um, there's just it's just exponential. So, well,
1: I want to ask you about that too, before we get into, uh, this amazing, uh, opportunity that you had to, to hit one of the grandest stages in the nation, uh, you know, you're talking about the change of the times. And and I think that that's so important. I've never been able to dive into that discussion with you around, you know, how you go from, you know, records like full on Mm -hmm. records to now a lot of this digitization of our musical world. Um, how did you make that kind a transition it feels like it wasn't like a light switch right but no. however there's definitely been some iterations over the years that have transformed the way that you know djs do their thing how has that worked for you um
2: i mean uh serato uh serato the program i mean there's a couple of different uh companies that that got into the digital djing there was final scratch that was a program that was uh in a you know same sort of concept now you see djs in a club with a computer, um, and a kind of an interface box and these control records where you can pick music from your computer versus having to lug the real record. And, um, you know, I wish I made it (laughs) because it's, it's, it's now the industry standard and it's the, it's the natural really progression, you know, we're disc jockeys. And the only thing that changes over time is the disc that you're jockeying, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of, every individual song on its own record now your crate is your hard drive um so you can carry uh you know hundreds of thousands of songs um with you um which is great and you know i kind of was conflicted at first you know as far as you know being the purist and you know doing things the og way but all these things are tools you know um none of these tools make you doper you have to be dope yourself yeah. you know like i remember those you know when it, when it first kind of came out it's like you know it does you know you can pick them quicker but you still have to have a plan you still have to do something with music and i you know even well like younger djs who um kind of are under try to kind of get underneath my wing not get underneath mm-hmm. but kind of position me on some og stuff so there's things that i try to 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 tell them um but certain things are out of their realm of understanding. Cause you know, it's also, you know, no one's control of when they were born. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, I was lucky enough to be born at the beginning of hip hop culture, as well as in the MTV eighties, you know? So uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, I've, I have a a lot of, of music in me. I mean, there's people who are I'm jealous of. They were born 10 years <laughs> earlier than me. You have all the knowledge of all the breaks and stuff like that. You know, it's like, you know, you can't really control when you enter this plane, you can yeah. only do what you can once you enter it Um, but i do try to treat this as a a respectable um art form you are dealing with other people's music and people can just kind of write you off like yeah you're just playing somebody else's music but um it's up to you the dj or the artist um to really maximize and show what you can do with that you know there's some people who all they can do is play hits you know it's in and the barrier to entry is very low now too anybody with a computer and general sense of musical knowledge or even just musical interest can kind of position themselves as a DJ, Um, but what makes you stick out is what makes you stick out. You have to want to stick out, Um, and I always, you know, Harmony, that's kind of just my my area that i know i'm always going to be different because i know people don't really sweat it i love sweating it
1: oh look no 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 (laughs) and you know what i'm gonna tell you right now i think you sweating it and and being so uh tight with the details of musicality opens up an opportunity like this Mm -hmm. we have a clip because this is huge news one of our very own at carnegie hall top before we even get to the clip i gotta tell you congratulations brother that is huge let's make sure we just show the audience a little bit about what you were able to do you want to set this clip up for us
2: um i've 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 submitted a few different clips um it wasn't just me i was uh with chamaranga renaissance which was actually a real full circle um ending to all this uh Chamarang Renaissance is a duo uh, comprised of Tendai Marari and my uh, rhyme partner from my group, Sensemila, um Hussein, uh, Hussein Kalonji. Uh, he goes by H Bomb. He plays uh, Congolese guitar in a style that his uh, father popularized. Um, I remember back in the day, he would try to infuse that into our hip hop productions and whatnot. And, and it's wild to see it come full circle, seeing that like Afrobeat is everything now. His dad was basically like a Fela, a coolie. Um, a really originator of this particular style of uh, guitar and Tendai plays the marimba. So Chamaranga Renaissance is kind of this Afro futuristic sort of combination of real African elements, hip hop elements, drum machine, you know, electronic elements, uh, this kind of hodgepodge of, of artistry. And they pulled me into DJ with them about three years ago, once at, um, Barboza. Uh, And that was a really dope show. And then Hussein hit me recently. I mean, and with this opportunity, I'm like, Yes, we're yes, we're going to go. So it's kind of this re-entry as far as getting re familiar with their music, seeing how I can, you know, uh, enhance it because the Barboza show was really fresh. But it had been three years and I'm like, I did not even have those instruments anymore. I just had a playlist of what I was scratching. So I had really no clue as far as what we were doing musically um, until we got the chance to meet up. And basically the opportunity was an East Coast run Um, shows up and started in Philly. It was Philly, Baltimore. New York, uh Maryland or DMV, uh DC, uh two shores in North Carolina, and we ended in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um and uh but the Carnegie show, show was definitely the, the 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 crown jewel of that particular run. So um the
1: height of it all. So yeah, the
2: the the pictures are that's Carnegie Hall, uh with us sound checking. Um and I gotta give it big up to uh King Britt um out of philly uh he actually was the curator uh for this whole thing it was actually the afro futurist afro festival um it was a two month long um happening at carnegie hall all types of different performers um djs uh it was really amazing to hear you know like uh, a beat that i made in my basement knocking out at carnegie hall um and kind of got real spontaneous too they had me um I would make up stuff on the fly. I think that's part of one of the clips where I'm kind of tapping out drum machine sounds or making up a pattern. We'll kind of do You tend to be like top and make up a beat. Sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> but, you know, it's showmanship. So we'll crank something out and then Hussein will start playing and then he'll start playing. We're just making up a song um, amongst all the produced songs. Um, but it really was uh, an eye opening experience. You know, you know, artists, you want to be able to, you know, not just say, you know, you want to tour, you want to be able to bring your artistry all over the planet. And, um, you know, I set off the show uh, with one of my signature blends that I just kind of uh, came up with, actually, it's a a Trinata joint with it's a Joanna uh, drug by Joanna, Mm -hmm. uh, live blend. Um, And it was wild, because the show was a little bit formless. And even the Carnegie show, they didn't really tell me what they wanted to do until like, hey, okay, Topsy, you start the show off with that, like (laughs) 10 seconds before I go out to this, you know, the stage. And I was like, Oh, okay. But these things like like these blends like they're in my head so somebody you tell me it. top do this one blend that you did is nothing you yeah. know oh that one cool. <laughs> and we set this you know set that off and kind of got the crowd warmed up and it was just an amazing experience you well know? let's
1: let's show the show the audience uh this clip right here this is top uh right here at carnegie hall <laughs> Getting top always doing it man and like you said doing it from the top right. uh, you know you just described you know the the what got you there and this whole east coast kind of tour mm-hmm. um but you know when we're talking about afrofuturism this is like a hot topic right now i think that there's like you said who would have known that Afro beats would take over globally the way that it has, but it's no real surprise because the African culture is all throughout the world. And so the idea is that you've been able to now tap into this because you said it, you know, a lot of your roots are like R&B and hip hop, but you have that ear to be able to infuse all of this, you know, music and the sound to what you do. So that's beautiful.
2: uh, I mean, my parents are from Panama and Jamaica. So, uh polyrhythms you know multiple rhythms happening at the same time is definitely part of you know my wheelhouse i always try to to slip that in you know and uh and even that clip uh, playing that was the north carolina show that wasn't credited to carnegie okay, hall yeah. the picture the purple picture where you see the big hall that was carnegie hall um but um yeah that was just an example of the 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 live thing but um Yeah. Africa is everywhere. No, one
1: one thing I want to say though, too, I experienced this kind of like live music making Mm -hmm. at the black violin show uh, out here at the Paramount. And it was phenomenal. They're like, you know what? We're going to just kind of make something happen right here on stage. And you just described a little bit of that and how it's like, look, top, you know, do something, but you can only do that when you're really skilled. Like uh, you definitely got to be
2: tapped in to, you know, uh, Spontaneity, you know, I mean, this is years. I'm a 25 year veteran as far as DJ is concerned. So I have experience, you know, with my own shows being the random DJ at rap shows, you know, where people don't really even have, you know, what they're supposed to have and be kind of the glue to keep it all together. You know, um, luckily I'm I'm equipped with uh, that experience and can and can hop into a number of situations and have it come across seemingly seamlessly.
1: No, you know what? You do do it seamlessly. And I, I will say, I, I get to experience that. So, uh, you know, we got a bunch of summer programs. Top is already mm-hmm. like, what's up? You know, what's yeah. good? Let's get yeah, this yeah, stuff yeah. booked out. Because I know, I know you'll get booked up. The, the ca- <laughs> so. I will say this. Uh, the
2: calendar is booking at a feverish pace. And I'm I'm loving just to, to see it, uh, especially coming out of uh, such, a, such a, a long blink of yeah. inactivity. Um, mm-hmm. So you can catch me out here. Um, I'm a regular at stk um you can catch me there this weekend tomorrow saturday brunch as well as my residency sunday night um sunday night live uh and just check my instagram for um i usually try to put a month at a glance a graphic up there because people always tell me like the day after oh, i missed it i'm like yo look look at this graphic plan and participate plan hey, plan yeah. pull up and participate is my new is my new mode on that tip so um yeah just follow me on the gram and um Pull up to well, where I'm well, going to be
1: at. Tell them what your handle is on Instagram. So people right out there, you can look right there in that this camera, one, uh, make sure could, they know how to connect with you. You can
2: follow me on Instagram. And my Instagram is Instagram, like Instagram. one word, everything's connotative, um, you know, to my detriment when it comes to like, you know, <laughs> websites, you know, you got to pick a name. I have so many AKAs, it gets kind of complicated. But Instagram is where, um the info's at like like they say on Instagram, Link in bio. There's mixes, there's all the other properties. Um, and the Instagram is pretty much the the best way to 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 see where I'm gonna be at and what it looks like.
1: Right on DJ Topspin, aka Blendiana Jones, hey. even with the name Topspin Instagram, your name's got their own blends. Hey, <laughs> we appreciate it. It doesn't <laughs> stop it's real. We appreciate you so much. Thank <laughs> you. And again, congratulations I for that East Coast it. tour for hitting Carnegie Hall. I know that meant a lot to you. It meant a lot to us here in Seattle to be able to uplift your artistry on such a main stage. So thank you so much, Todd, for joining me for Feel Good Friday today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, you guys, I'm buzzing over here because that's amazing information. I'm going to keep on buzzing because this group that's coming up next, we're going to keep on talking about musicality. Black Stacks is in the building. Big bro and big sis jace and miss felicia can't wait to dive into them after this short break stay tuned you guys you're
5: watching feel good friday As a non-binary Black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body once the vaccine was introduced. It was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a Black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with Black folks, to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Feel Good Friday. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And I just got to say, this has been an amazing Feel Good Friday. I am telling you right now, when we talk about, you know, some amazing artistry right here in our city, the two that are coming up and that are joining me right now in the Black Media Matter studios, they really exemplify that on all levels. What up, Black Stacks? What up, t <laughs> Yes. You
5: Thanks know, for having us. Feeling
1: good on yeah.
0: Friday. Come
1: yeah. on. I know this is the first time you guys got to see the Black Media Matter studio. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. T- just tell me your thoughts right here. I mean, you walk in, we got all this iconic Blackness right here. This is really Seattle in its heyday, I feel like. But mm-hmm. we're always working to like strive to kind of recreate it, get back to it, exemplify it, uplift it, mm-hmm. you know. How is it for you guys to walk in here?
5: You know, um, for one, it's always great to see when young people are acknowledging where it is that they've come from, what it is that's been done in the past, how it's still relevant, how we can move forward. And just being, you know, in the space with, you know, young um, artists who are uh, doing their thing and just, you know, having a place for uh, the media, the the artist here in Seattle to be able to be showcased and the way in which you showcased it because it's all communal like you said, with the board. So it, um, it, it feels um, exciting, you know, butterflies, um, you know, all up in my, my gut and things. So I, I'm very appreciative watching you, you know, do your thing. Um, as Jante was saying, as when you were um, just, just, just wonderful. You know, just just the impact in terms of like personal impact. You just hit people from their core and you ain't got no other kind of um, interest other than what's going on. Yeah. You know, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. It's a feel good feeling. I feel good Friday. Yeah. You know, I love this space
0: because I think it's like Lisa was saying. I think it's a wonderful representation of what's been happening in this region. You know for a long time people didn't even know there was black folks out here you know when i was back east they were, black folks y'all ride horses how y'all do it you know what i'm saying or they think you're from dc and so to walk in the space that you can read it off the top black media matters seeing y'all run it this is a place where i would love to bring people when they come to the city so they can see that there is an actual foundation to which we stand on so this is wonderful
1: you know but you just really hit it right there because i remember when we were talking about this installation uh of, of al smith's collection behind us so much of it was that people that come from out of state need to know we're talking about this representation of black culture here we're talking about a, almost a, you know a, over 140 years of right. us really you know establishing the central district as a primary location right. for black families to come into and to be honest, now going over all of this span of time, Black Stacks, you guys have been so integral in the fabric of culture here in black culture for Seattle's community and beyond. I just wanna talk about the beginnings because the last time I was able to interview y'all, we were on video link, so I wasn't in person with y'all. So I'm over here ecstatic. Um, Of course, I already shared the story about how Lisa really influenced me and I am blown away that I got to work with her on different projects throughout Mm -hmm. my own career. Um, So to see both of you guys here is, is really, uh, I'm, I'm all, uh, every time I'm like ah! uh, yeah. I'm like, still <laughs> such a fan I'm such a fan of you guys' this music and what you guys do Tell us about the beginnings for both of you Because you guys were both doing other things And then you said, you know what, let's bring our energies together for Black Stacks Just tell me a little bit about that, Chase
0: Okay, well, I guess <laughs> I'll take this story um, You know, I've always been a fan of Miss Felicia B. Loud we got to watch her at Langston Hughes. I and mean, I was like, who's this little tiny dynamo with no shoes on that's blowing the roof off the spot that's moving everybody, right? And everybody wants to work with her. So I was always a fan of her music. And then to watch her in theater, right? Like you talked about how she in- inspired you and motivated you and talk. She did that for a lot of us. As we were coming up and we were trying to establish what this hip hop culture and scene would look like, we had somebody like a Felicia out there to soothe it all to soothe our soul, to make us know that we can reach for the highest of heights and get there, right? And this little woman did that for us, right? Um, So I remember when I was with Silent Land Project, and as we, you know, I was a gritty boom bat MC that came just raw. And as I got older, I started to realize that I needed to be able to mature in a way that was reflective in the music, and then the person that I have become. Mm. The only person I could ever think about working with was Felicia Lau. At Silent Land, we didn't know any other artists, we didn't know any other MC, we didn't know anybody but Miss Felicia v. And so we sat down one day and uh, we had dinner and she cooked us this uh, chili, but she didn't tell us she didn't use real meat, right? So she was trying to keep us healthy and just keep us inspired in that way. And we sat out and we talked about it. What do you want to do? What do we want to do? Do we want to stay involved? Because I believe once you're creative, you're always a creative. Mm-hmm. It doesn't leave you just because you get a little older. You just do different things with it. And so we were able to talk. We were able to build. We wanted to say we wanted to honor our blackness, want to honor our black man, black woman, black child. So black had to be in the name, right? And then we started to think about all the forms of music that have been a con- contributor to the world and what black music has done in particular. And so we started to say, we're going to stack all the music. Lisa comes from a live music musicianship. We come from the, as tops from the sand, the boom bap, the machine, the drum machine. We came from that. How do we put it together? And we had O War Runga with us at the time. So there was element of live music for Felicia. There was an element of the boom bap, that uh, the core of what hip hop is for Silent Land Project. And we formed Black Stacks.
1: Wow. I mean, amazing, amazing story. And, and, you know, as you talk about, you know, legacy builders, we we always want to be able right here on Converge to really uplift it because I think not enough people understand what we've had in our communities. But, you know, I love hearing that you were not just an inspiration to me, which I knew it wasn't the (laughs) case. I knew it hadn't (laughs) been the case. Like, it was so many things in so many ways that you, even as you were coming up, in your own work, you poured into the community. Um, I just think about your work with Justin Emeka, of course, another mentor of mine out here doing amazing things. How has it been for you to understand and hear that even as Jace is describing it and as I do, to know that what you what you set for yourself as you were just doing your thing, mm-hmm. how inspiring it was for other people?
5: Um, you know, it's it's something that You live and you see as opposed to something that you just kind of like sit back from because being within um, what you're doing is a part of the process of just being energized by it. So uh, as far as being effective um, in in being in it, it's one of those things where um, it's just living your life in a creative space and sharing and not being so selfish to go, I'm a creative this is my thing. I do what I do, but I also have to give back only because it nurtures what it is that's the gift. Mm -hmm. If the gift is not nurtured by you giving it away, it's a gift. It's why they call it that, is that you have it, now you have to gift it off. So, you know, that being um, where it comes from, being able to share the story of where it comes from, being able to, you know, hear um, Jace talk about it, um, and it's hard for me to say that I have a nickname for him, but I know that no people know him by Jace. So it's so hearing him speak about it and where uh, at the time, like he said, where he was at, where um, Silent Lamb was at, where Or was at, where I was at, and how we all had to come together to make sure that what we were gifting to Black stacks and what we were uplifting from stacks records was going to continue to be the creative. So, you know, um, I'll, I'll just say that.
1: Yeah, no, that's it right there. And you guys are doing amazing things. Now, uh, originally, this was going to be our beloved week. And so I was like excited because they're like, oh, Black Sax is coming on. I was like, what? They're coming to the studio like, ooh, 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 ooh. you know, like, ooh. We, go. we got you. We got you. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about how, you know, the Beloved campaign. I know we're we're looking to do kind of a, a launch week and they're working on those details. But just tell me about you guys' involvement with this campaign as we look at an artistic way of disrupting gun violence mm. and uplifting the fact that this has been something our black community has been dealing with for many decades. Just tell us a bit about, you know, what got you guys involved and engaged and how you guys are pouring into the, the campaign. Um
5: the involvement came from um a connection that uh Jace has with Katoya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um our portion is a portion of the music that is um with um BZ. Yeah mm-hmm. with BZ Mac. And so, you know, and, and you know, giving that thing of music. And also, you know, I just wanted to say uh real quickly, uh, the, the project for you know, beloved, you know, um, and how these guns have a way of interrupting the beloved behavior of what humanity is, because guns don't kill people. Ignorant people who don't know how to use them properly and act upon their you know, insecurities or act upon their youth or act upon. And when I say youth, I'm not talking about age or acting upon their 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 trip, their guilt, their un- un- understanding. That's what kills people. And so, you know, the interruption of that like you had just said the interruption of that so that we could stay beloved in a sense of humanity and so you know so how do we make sure that we um or or, or how how is it um given to listeners that it is about how you um properly understand that the weapon you use is going to take some else someone else's beloved yeah. and so you know the, this it, the importance of this message the importance of Changing the mindset, the importance of understanding. So you know, grateful for the opportunity to be able to work with. And then that's going to it's going to be other artists. Mm-hmm. I think it's also visual. Yeah. Well, absolutely. yeah I mean they're
1: talking about a, lo- a wide range of artistry yeah, right absolutely. they were like bring your monologues your poems because you know me I was like so can we do monologues <laughs> they're like bring your monologues your poems bring your visual art bring your musical art it's like art beyond it yeah. is extreme but I love the the approach that they're taking because we haven't seen something like this I think really when we're talking about uh gun violence we hear about it in in media and Omari and I have to cover these stories and we're like once again Again, you know, wow. another shooting, you know, and, and, and we have these there's these effects that hit us, you know, from a media perspective. But I love the fact that they're like, you know what, let's really celebrate love and bring it back to the center of this. So I love that you guys are a part of this. But you guys also I mean, look, you guys are going to have this whole tour then the war. Yeah. I want you guys to tell us yeah. how that's working in terms of the music that you guys have been doing yeah. hitting the world.
0: Well, you know, it's a blessing to be able to share your music anywhere. But when the world taps in, it even makes it that much more exciting, right? Uh, We're a representative of the community that we come from. We're a representative of you and the work that you all are doing here at Converge. We're a representative of Top Spin for as a DJ, right? So he can put the record on and let it play, right? We're a representative of Giante, right? For the theater, how we present. And what. so for us, as we're doing it, it's almost like Like Felicia was talking about passing the baton. It's like setting it up for the next generation. Right. We've been in this game for a little while now. And in doing that, you learn certain things about what it means to contribute, what it means to learn, what it means to teach and what it means to, you know, for legacy. I always say, what do you live for? What do you die for? What are you willing to share? And for us, we've been blessed that the world has tapped into the energy of what Blackstacks is producing, Greg Fields, you know, working with G Fields, working on this album, putting out the new single, Clickbait. It really resonating. You know, it's a blessing. But at the same time, we also know there's work that goes into that. There's people that we have to speak for, right? There's people we have to represent, whether it's our families or the community we come from. And as the world community continues to listen to Blackstacks, Hopefully that means there's an interest in what's going on right here in Seattle, Washington, or the Pacific Northwest.
1: I really appreciate that because I think, you know, one of the things I was just having this discussion and there's uh, some type of vacuum that happens. Right. Where it's like, I don't know if you guys remember the old school vacuums or you had to put the bag in the joint. Right. But but then, (laughs) you know, (laughs) You, you guys are like that. Those yeah, are the bags we grew yeah, up on. Like, yeah, That's the only yeah, one we had. Okay, well, yeah. you, you remember how the dust there was like this, this little this tube, and it would come out and it would spew out, and you knew, okay, I gotta change the bag because right. this stuff is coming out right. too much, right? So in my mind, when I think about this vacuum, I don't think about just the sucking up, but I think about that dust leaving, and mm-hmm. I think about creativity, particularly in the Black community. Leaving Seattle, yeah. and it is so real because so many people have been like, "Man, I can't make it." You know, back yep. home, I gotta go here, I gotta yep. go there, I gotta make my name somewhere else. But you guys, really, what you just said there in terms of representing where you come from and that that community, you guys are two artists that could have been anywhere in the world doing it at all this this crazy levels. What is it about you guys staying here and and being connected to the soil yeah. that really you know birthed you that like that raised you for you guys to be thinking like we have to we have to stay here we have to keep it local in that regard and do what we do globally but always bringing it back just tell me about some of the things that really have you saying I, I, man this is this is my home this is where I'm gonna be
5: well you know part of it has to do with what jace was talking about earlier when people from another place come here and say where are the black folks at and it's like no we're here and we want to represent that we have been here and we've been doing art and the other thing is just that you know there is a mentality sometimes in places where, where you're at, if they're not recognizing where you're at as a person, where you're at as where you're going to be, how you're going to be growing, and they don't recognize where it is that you can go, then you have to leave. Not a matter of just like staying because it's like, I love Seattle so much. I love Seattle. However, I know that in order for Seattle to recognize some of the grand artistry that it has is people have to go so that they see people in other countries is digging this music. Yeah. People in other countries is digging this artwork, this visual artwork. People in other countries are digging this poetry. And And now we have the capability to be able to put that into a phone simply and use our thumbs to say, oh, Um, Yeah, we're here. We're doing that in Paris. People are loving the music and Brooklyn. People are loving the music. And because we've been to those places, not particularly Paris, but to the UK, you know, and to uh, Italy and things like that and being able to and then being able to say. We're not coming to another place in order to try to take over, to make a mindset of what the U.S. is or who we are. But we're coming to a place where we are sharing. And what is it that, you know, we have to give? And what is it that they also um, have to teach us? And what is it that we have to offer? What is it they have to offer? When people don't even understand your language, they can understand your groove. They can understand your vibe. They can understand where you're coming from. And so that exchange is like you sometimes you just have to you can't stay in the same place because we always talk about being in a box. I'm going to get out of my box. I'm going to get out of my bubble. I'm going to get out of my shell. Well, that's what traveling does. And it also as you know in being in Belize, mm-hmm. that for just for the functionality of what it is that you do here brings back. You bring back what your experience was in terms of how do you utilize now? What are we doing to do in Belize next? Mhm. You got to do it, yeah. you know, it, it just makes for a round, a rounder uh, humanity.
0: And I, I want to give a huge shout out to our overseas connections like DJ King Flo, who runs with Mixtape Addicts, who makes sure our music is playing throughout the European diaspora. I want to give a shout out to all those artists that are in Africa that share, whether it's Brainy Beach or whether it's Ebony Arunga or whether it's uh, Naomi Wamboy, right? Like they're there and they're sharing the music, they're sharing it with the folks. And like Lisa said, you know, fair exchange ain't robbery. So anytime we can add something and learn something at the t- same time and bring it back to the city and then watch you put it out in front on blast so we all can get it, that's what this is about, right? Yeah. So that the next generation can see You know, we want to change the scene and turn it into an industry. And what we mean by that is not that negative, devilish industry that is killing the people. But we're talking about an industry where it's recoupable, where we can tell these stories, we can live our lives. Our children can see us in the light that we want to be represented in. And so they know that they can shine bright as well and there's nothing holding them back.
1: You guys are phenomenal. I, I I'ma tell you we done went over time because I'm like, look, I, I got I had to ask that last question. I so appreciate both of you guys. For giving us a bit of your time. I know you guys are busy. You guys do so many different things, but this has really contributed to an amazing episode right here on Feel Good Friday. But also your energy has contributed to this space, the Black Media Matter studios. And that's for all of my guests today. I just, I thank you guys so much. You guys can look right there. Make sure folks know how to catch up with you, how to follow you and how to, you know, follow your music and be a supporter of Black Stacks. <laughs>
5: Um, So you can get us on You can catch us uh, See us on Instagram At um, black underscore stacks And stacks is spelled S-T-A-X Just like stacks records So you can also look at our website Which is um, blackstacksmusic.com We also have a Twitter um, account Which is (laughs) Blackstacks There you go go.
0: And you know (laughs) And with the new single clickbait It's out We're only putting our music out on Bandcamp Because we want to get the exchange from the people that support us. And we want them to have an experience with us that is connected, right? And not just this stream. Streams are great, but at the same time, to me, I feel like there's a disconnection from the artists that are getting streamed as opposed to, come on, tap in with us at bed camp, spend a dollar, get clickbait, listen to it, follow us. And like Topspin said, look at our schedule and follow that, prepare, uh, pull up, and participate there and we so go. let's do it all let's make this a great year and welcome back to the art of creativity
1: yeah you guys are amazing i'm am so uh, a fan a real fan a real fan. It's all,
0: uh, we are yours. Uh, so it's,
1: all good. it's mutual love mutual up in love. here. There you go. Thank you guys so much for being with me on Feel Good Friday. Thank, Thank you. you. Keep oh feeling
0: good. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You, you
1: guys heard it right there. It's all about feel good energy and I know we went over time. Thank y'all for sticking with us. These were some amazing folks we had in the building. Shout out to everybody who poured their love and their compassion and the passion for what they do right here on Feel Good Friday. John Tay, DJ Topspin and of course Black Stacks. They just turned it out for us y'all and I'm telling you I wish we were ready to set up because we would have been having some live performances up in here it would have been turning up but I will say that of course we appreciate you guys and all the support you give to us right here at Converge Media all the support you're giving me uh, on this show for Feel Good Friday we're hearing some amazing amazing feedback from the community so thank you guys for watching thank you for sharing of course a couple of notes this weekend we got Weird at Night coming up tomorrow at 10pm with our friends over there at the Weird at Night team doing some amazing things that are weird at night. Go ahead and check them out. And on Sunday at 8 p.m., you guys can dive in with the true fonts on Truly Unruly as they share their love story every single week. Thank you guys again for joining me today on Feel Good Friday. And I just want to say If you're not inspired by all the people here that are seeing themselves as a part of the solution, through their own artistry. You guys, you guys can do it too. I'm telling you, there's no reason why you need to hold back. Put yourself out there, pour your love into your communities and see yourself as a part of the solution. And as Omari would say, go forward in your purpose, go forward in your humanity. Until Monday at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge
3: Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.